Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. On 97.5 and 12.40 KFH. I don't know feel. Not sure that I do. Trying to uh, get Taylor Eldridge from the Wichita Eagle on to talk about the Shockers. Baseball team opened with a bang, scoring all kinds of runs in their first two games down in Little Rock. Uh, swamped Little Rock. I enjoyed that. 16 to 5 and something to nothing. 18 to 5, 14 to nothing. And then lost uh, game three. Yeah, 5 4, something like that. Yeah, 5 4. I was, told that lose the, game three. I was told that the pitcher for Little Rock in game one led the nation in ERA he last He did. Year. They jumped all over him. Lasted two innings. Taylor Eldridge with us. Taylor, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me back on. Oh, uh, we, you know, we, we talked to the higher-ups, and they said, go ahead and do it. So here you are. Well, um, I appreciate it. We talked, to you, <laughs> we talked to you fairly recently about the Shockers, and I don't know what can be added to our uh, state of confusion, uh, but still this team is is not showing us a whole lot. And uh, I don't know what to think about it. I thought the game the other day at Charlotte, they lacked energy at the start and then kind of kind of uh, wove their way into that game a little bit, played with a little more effort and energy, but they weren't going to come back after digging that deep of a hole. Uh, th- there's just such a fine line for this basketball team. And they've really not been able to figure that out all season, have they? Yeah, I mean, uh, when you look at the pieces that they're working with, yeah, just not a lot of, uh, you know, not a high margin for error. You know, they're just trying to thread the needle. And because of the lack of shooting, uh, you know, they're just playing, uh, you know, a different game than a lot of teams because, you know, the floor has shrunk for them so much because, you know, defenses don't have to pay attention to really anybody other than, uh, Colby Rogers on the perimeter so that's uh, really makes life difficult for them and then when you throw in the unforced turnovers and the missed free throws like that stuff is just killer so yeah I mean they're uh, they're they're definitely better than their record uh, more talent than their record but yeah I mean when you do uh, when you come up uh, short and you know unforced errors you know so often you know it's not gonna lead itself to very many uh, wins so you know the schedule down the stretch, you know, they, they could turn this thing around. They they play four of the bottom, I think, five or six teams, uh, three of them at home. So, you know, there is a glimmer of hope, you know, to get the momentum before conference tournament. But at this point, you know, it's hard to imagine this team 
you know, winning four games in four days or, or, you know, the impossible five and five days at the conference tournament. So I was on with Duda yesterday and we were just talking about, and I know that uh, B. John Cortez is on the team and he's, he's starting, but uh, they basically went through a recruiting cycle and did not end up with a point guard. They offered several uh, transfers and went through the portal and everything like that. And, and again, I know they have TJ Williams coming in, but is it possible that they won't solve this problem going into next year? I mean, could they strike out again? I mean, that's tough to know. I mean, it's, uh, you know, a lot of the recruiting isn't done until the, the transfer portal season. So you just have to wait and see, you know, what opportunities uh, come up. Uh, you know, a lot of that stuff we won't find out until after the season. So uh, it'll be interesting to me to see, you know, what this coaching staff does. And some of that's obviously out of their control. You know, players can obviously, you know, leave in the portal if they like. Uh, but just to see how much roster turnover there is, because a lot of these guys can come back. You know, Jacob Germany, who's not in the rotation, Dalen Original, uh, they're the two that are for sure gone. Uh, no more eligibility, but everybody else can come back. So how much roster turnover uh, happens with this team, uh, that's going to be something interesting to monitor to see if WSU tries to run it back with this group and just rely on, you know, that experience is going to help them turn the corner because, you know, you look at the the two and eleven record is also you know uh, pretty unimaginable for WSU fans. But you know, I think seven of those losses, you know, they've been uh, in in one possession games. You know, the last three minutes, so they're last three or four minutes. So uh, they're they're not far away. But uh, you know, from from the days of you know getting to NCAA tournaments and you know at large bids and competing for championships, those days are you know they feel like a, a long distant memory at this point. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens with this roster at the end of the season for sure. Talking now with Taylor Eldridge from the Wichita Eagle, you mentioned it, uh, really only two players that we know won't be back next year, everybody else with eligibility. How do you walk that type tightrope if you're Paul Mills and you have uh, this kind of, how does that, how does that function uh, with this many players who could return uh, the transfer portal is available for uh, players to come in and go out. Uh, how does how is that how has the transfer portal changed uh, the way coaches approach their rosters? That's yeah, way I mean, too that's, general that's of a question, but you know what I'm you know what I'm getting at. How yeah, how ruthless I mean, can a coach be? Yeah, I mean it's something that I'd be curious to ask uh, Paul Mills about because you know when he was building Oral Roberts. The transfer portal was a thing, but it wasn't as prominent as it is today. And, uh, uh, you know, NIL has obviously changed the game as well. So, like, how much do those two things impact how you can build a roster? Because, you know, if this was six, seven years ago, yeah, you could say, yeah, I mean, okay, we have a roster. A lot of these guys will be back next year. Well, you know, in, in 2024, that's just not – anywhere close to a certainty even if you want all these guys back you know some of them could leave for other opportunities you know if they're uh, not satisfied in Wichita but I think the big part for WSU I think uh, you know I think they have players who can contribute to winning but like right now like their roles they're like over overextended in their roles you know I think Xavier Bell could be a really nice piece for a team but you know when you're asking him to do this much you know, then he gets overstretched. You know, Harlan Beverly, the same thing. You know, Colby Rogers, 
you know, this is one of the best three-point shooters in the conference, but because he literally has no one else to space the floor with him, you know, every time he comes off a ball screen, he's looking at three, four defenders and uh, has no spacing, uh, no real playmaker to, you know, uh, they just very rarely are able to get him catch and shoot looks, you know, off uh, off of screens and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, he could be really good. You know, Quincy Ballard could be dominant, I think, if you had a point guard and spacing or like a point guard to find him on lobs and rolls and the spacing to, to you know, improve that. Um, so I think they have pieces, but, yeah, you're going to have to bring in I think if they're going to turn the corner next year and be uh, much more competitive and start winning games, you're, you're, you're definitely going to have to bring in some different pieces. And then the question is, okay, do those uh, guys, you know, uh, Harlan Beverly, Xavier Bell, uh, Kenny Poto, guys like that, uh, do they accept, you know, different roles next season? So it's definitely a complicated thing, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how it plays off, plays out. But uh, I, I think – uh, I would expect WSU to be active in the portal, uh, but we'll just have to see, you know, after the season just how active they'll be depending on how many players, you know, uh, potentially leave um, and then just what, what's available in the portal too. So how badly do you think uh, the American needs anybody but Florida Atlantic to win the conference tournament? And, you know, Florida Atlantic hasn't come in and been this powerhouse that we expected but it seems like they're still holding on to an at-large bid, maybe barely. Uh, but I don't know that Charlotte is or South Florida. These teams are ranked in the 100s in Ken Palm. SMU's kind of high up there, but I'm not really sure about their resume. Is it is is it a, a two-bid league, uh, just if any chance Florida Atlantic doesn't win it? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, it just depends on how the this uh, final stretch, you know, five games left. Uh, FAU has a pretty challenging schedule. You know, they, they play SMU, Memphis, North Texas, uh, I think Memphis again. So, you know, those are four, you know, the better teams uh, in the conference. So, you know, if they take like, you know, two or three more losses, uh, that at large bid suddenly becomes, you know, a lot tighter. And, uh, and maybe it does become a one-bid league. It feels like this happens almost every year, you know, with the American where they come in, they, they're hoping for three uh, and then they feel you start a conference play. Okay, we got two, and then they just uh, you know kind of cannibalize each other and uh, knock each other down. And then at the very end, it becomes a one or two bid league. So uh, that's what it's looking like right now. I mean, South Florida and Charlotte are you know uh, in conference play. They have proven themselves to be the two best teams in this conference. So uh, it's pretty interesting to see because you know no one saw this coming from either of those two squads. And uh, I think, uh, yeah, going forward, I think if the American wants to win, uh, you need someone other than Florida Atlantic. But it's not like they can mess around and lose in the first round. I think you almost have to, you know, get them to Sunday, get them to that championship game, and then, uh, uh, and then uh, have, you know, Charlotte, South Florida, Memphis, whoever, uh, win that championship game to get two in. But, yeah, it's, uh, they thought they could get, you know, three, maybe four in at the start of the season. And now it's looking like, yeah, one for sure. And then uh, two maybe if there's a different conference tournament champion. Taylor Eldridge with us. I want to ask you about baseball in a minute, but I was curious to see uh, the comments from Rick Pitino that he's never had a less enjoyable season coaching. Penny Hardaway, who's uh, beside himself that he can't get his players at Memphis to compete. Uh, 
harder, stronger. Is this a is this a concern uh, across college basketball, or are these isolated cases? Man, I think it's uh, you look at the the increase in the transfer portal, and uh, you know those teams are two teams that were thrown together in the portal, and I think that's kind of the risk that you run if you're trying to you know make it make it work for one season and. Uh, you know, Wichita State is kind of a blend. You know, they have uh, uh, you know a handful of returners back from the program last season. Then you you mix in some transfers, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's the concern for coaches everywhere is that you know kind of what we were talking about earlier. You know, the the team building aspect has changed so much in college basketball. You know, gone are the days where you could you know rely on you know bringing in a good freshman class and then just building them up you know through the years. And then sprinkling in, you know, maybe you get a grad transfer one year or a JUCO guy. Um, you know, now it's, uh, you know, you're bringing in four, five, six uh, portal guys every year. It's hard to get those guys to come together, hard to get the chemistry going. So I think that is a concern across the country with just how teams are being built uh, in, in, you know, modern-day college basketball now. Final moments here with Taylor Eldridge. I do want to talk a little bit about baseball. They went to Little Rock, uh, knocked the cover off the ball, scored 36 runs in those three games. They have, what, uh, one, two, three, seven guys with an OPS over 1,000 uh, after those three games. They're in Jacksonville, Florida this week to play Virginia, Auburn, and Iowa. Virginia and Iowa, Iowa both ranked in the top 20. This will be an interesting early season test for them, won't it? Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you, I think WSU, they go into this thinking they have nothing to lose. You know, they're going to be the, the underdog in all three of those games. And, uh, you know, if they get just one win, that would be uh, a nice, kind of like, you know, Shocker Softball last weekend. They, they went into a very similar tournament against nationally ranked teams. They came away with one win, and uh, they felt great about it. So I think baseball is kind of in the same situation. You know, obviously that, that opening series was uh, very encouraging, you know, for the uh, Brian Green era to start with, you know, to win 32-5, uh, you know, the first two days. And, you know, they almost had that third one for the sweep. But uh, I think they're going into it with the same mindset where, you know, they're the underdogs. We can play loose, play free, and uh, see. let's see what happens. So, um, yeah, I think if they just come away with a win from that, uh, they'll be feeling good. Taylor, we appreciate it. You're on the golf course today. This is the day you should be out there. I uh, know, no golf. We're, we're going the rest of the week, so don't worry. We'll be out there. There you go. Thank you, Taylor. All right, thank you. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.